Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are having a topic that some of you might feel an aversion to, and I get that, and some of you might be intrigued by. And no, we're not talking about spanking, although it is one of the favorite talk topics that uh, people look for on these episodes. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, self-flagellation can sometimes come in with faith and religion, but we're not talking about self-flagellation either. We're talking about faith and integrating faith and sex. And I thought, who who better to talk with that about other than somebody who actually has worked in that field of faith and has worked as a chaplain? So why not bring on the expert when we're going to talk about that? And Matthew also works with couples, but he mostly works in leadership. And I'm going to give you the lowdown on Matthew. Um, for those of you who have not seen him or followed him on Facebook, you're missing out because randomly he speaks in Spanish, which is fabulous. And just follow that and you'll hear it and see it and be like, I get it. So Matthew has 30 plus years of experience in the field of education and development of the human person in personal and professional leadership. Thriving in cross-cultural organizations and environments, trilingual, Matthew has enjoyed broad international and intercultural experience in leadership, educational and consulting roles in Italy, Ireland, England, Colombia, Chile, and Mexico, as well as having been a special staff officer and chaplain in the United States Navy, serving both with sailors and Marines. I can only imagine what uh, your experience with working with people as a chaplain would have been like. And first of all, I want I want to ask you the, the big question of, Matthew, what possessed you to say yes to me when I said, do you want to come on my show? I this is a topic I I love not not only in the aspect of faith but I love to talk about sex and even when I was in ministry that that can sound strange but it's such an important topic and because in the faith environments it hasn't been properly dealt with it's created a lot of a lot of um, and there's different things that we could say that it's created but it's created the, the inability to talk about it it's created discomfort it's created um I think it's also created a lot of distortions in the understanding of the body and of, of sex. So it's a, I think when I started speaking about it in ministry, it was people sort of sighed a deep sigh of relief, like finally someone is talking about what we, what we experience, what we go through. And it's part of the human experience. And I'm, I love the human person. And this is an integral part, or this is where we all come from. We all come from sexual intimacy. Isn't that right? So, why so you. without it, we wouldn't exist. That's right. So even if you were, you know, in vitro fertilization, somebody still had an orgasm to have you show up. So right. until we're on, into total cloning, yes, it still requires sex and and having intimacy with that 
is definitely a bonus. I mean, you can have sex with no intimacy. So I think even having, you can have sex with no face too. Right. And that also brings a totally different context to, to your relationship and to sex. So I'm like very excited about this topic of integrating sex and faith because from um, for a very long time for me, I always saw them as um, quite polarized, right? I can either be a sexual person or I can be a faith-based person. And I couldn't find a lot of ways to integrate that. And I was I was raised uh I was raised Serbian Orthodox. And even in our church, we're separated, men and women, right? We stand and it's painful. And none of it was in English. <laughs> so so I didn't have a lot of connection other than I love listening to the choir and I could feel something resonate with my heart when I would hear that. And and at the same time, I also had a lot of um, ideas about what I was being told or interpreted by maybe um, parishioners of like, this is what is acceptable in this in this faith, in this particular faith. This is what's acceptable uh, for the human sexual experience, which in my feeling, it was way broader. So I felt like I almost had to brush faith aside mm -hmm. and go, no, I can't even because I, I don't agree with the values there. So when we talk about faith as like a very broad uh, perspective of faith in could be your your name, you could create, you know, creator, divine feminine, divine masculine, God, however you want to create that terminology for you. Mm -hmm. Um I'm I'm curious about the time in your life where you started to realize that this was an important topic, or was that something that you always valued when you were in the ministry? I think it's something that I always valued, but it, but I it grew on me over time. I worked in also the education and training of, of, of young men for, for priesthood. And, and I, I began to, I trained them in ways that, as, that I wish I would have been trained in. In other words, this, these topics were never, they weren't dealt with in my view in a very holistic and, and, and healthy way. Um, so we kind of had to tiptoe around them. And I was like, and then when I started, and then as a priest, I got into ministry uh, side note, you know, my first, the first time I started hearing confessions was the first time that I realized that I was like, it was very, it was a consoling fact that, I thought, oh, wow, I'm normal. We all have, we all have the same challenges and difficulties as human beings, right? Because everything was sort of kept, oh, there must be something wrong with me. And I'm not just speaking about the sexual and other aspects of, of, of um, as well. And so I said, no, we need to, we need to do this in a different way. Um, and so I began talking more openly about it. And the fact was that also I had my own challenges um, in living in my vow of celibacy. Um, and so I said, this needs to be talked about. And um, I don't want other people to have to go through what I've gone through. I think that's really like a phenomenal gift to bring to people in order for them to know and feel accepted. I think for me, that's one of the key things that I find in my work as a sex and intimacy coach is to be able to bring the non-judgment piece to people. And it sounds like in your confession, confessionals, like you're bringing that piece to people so that they could go, wait a second, I don't have to go and think I'm the worst person on the planet for having these desires. And mm -hmm. how can I bring them into my life in a way that's going to also honor me and whoever their partner was at the time? Right. I'm just curious, like, did you have a lot of people 
two that were struggling with sexual identity as well as like gender identity? Or was it mostly people who were kind of coming with things like, I'm having an affair, like not that you're allowed to talk about confessional specifically, right. but was there like a trend that was happening? The natural, I, mean, I was some people that were struggling with their sexual identity and trying to make sense of that. And, you know, and in the faith arena. Now, when I speak about faith in this conversation, I'm usually I'm referring to the Judeo-Christian faith tradition. Um, and I'll use the word God just to simplify the conversation just so people understand. Yeah. Although we can refer to that as a transcendent or whatever other how, higher power that we're referring to. So people, yeah, there was some of that, but generally it was the normal, um, whether it be in sexual intimacy with their with their cup with their partner. Sometimes, you know, in some faith traditions, um, um, you know, contraception is seen as as not the most honest act in the sexual act and so they would sometimes want to talk about that and you know how to how to navigate that and sometimes it was also infidelities other times it was more just personal pleasure though around masturbation right so there's a lot that we can go into here because we're sort of opening up the can here that has to has to be talked about because what do we like you said what do we do with this desire right in this these God-given desires, right? This eros that we would talk about you know, with the word erotic, the eros, this yearning, this aching of the heart for what is true, what is good, what is beautiful. And I like that this image of, in faith, sometimes they, we have, I'm going to use the image of music and dance. Faith sometimes use, tells people, these are the dance steps. This is how you're supposed to dance, but they don't give you any music. And sort of like they force these things on you. And so it's not well presented and it doesn't make sense because we're missing a very important element. And so oftentimes the dogmatic or just the do's and the don'ts around religion. And I I say religion, but a lot of stuff around just sexuality, it has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with who we are as human beings and how we can be the best human beings possible and how we can love better. And how we can use our sexuality in a very positive way. So, you know, the, so teaching the dance moves oftentimes without the music. And that was what I always found hard in religious um, environments was we're, we're not teaching people, we're not teaching them beauty of, of all of this. We're not teaching them the wise and the deeper message of, of the beauty of our body, the beauty, beauty of sexual intimacy, the beauty of the orgasm. All this was God, it was given to us by God for such wonderful reasons and and for joy and pleasure right we're in the pleasure zones so we gotta talk about that <laughs> and pleasure is a good and holy thing now as human beings we can sometimes it, everything can get a little bit distorted because we have something in you know in, in christian tradition they would talk about a thing that they call cupiscence in other words there's a something in us that tends to distort or twist things and i don't and i'm not just referring to sexuality it can you know let's just use the normal our food, our appetite for food, the way we nourish our body. You know, sometimes that gets disordered as well. And the way we eat, our eating habits, and, and all, you know, we, sometimes we go to extremes and we find that that is unhealthy for our body. And this can happen also in other appetites and sometimes in the sexual appetite where we can go to extremes, we can come, become fixated on things. And sometimes we can take maybe the, the beauty out of the sexual act. Right. And sometimes where it can, it can just become maybe just, 
more, you know, sometimes the selfishness where I'm more I curve in on myself, whereas sexual, and that's, I'm not saying that's, uh, that's natural and that happens, but there's also this so much more in, in, because we're made for relationship. And part of that relationship is, is that sexual intercourse and everything that happens there. And this mystical element, and that's what, you know, when we talk about faith, is this mystical element of, of the sexual act. Mystical meaning there's something mysterious about it. There's something, there's a trance about it. There's something beautiful about it. There's something that almost, almost connects you to the infinite and the eternal. It, it takes you, it's almost like an out-of-body experience, but through your body. And at the same time, mystical in the sense that it also can become a place where human life is created. And so it becomes, there's such a, such a depth to it. And I want to, I want to, I'm going to do quick parentheses here, just on this kind of, on this theme, is when we look at, you know, I'm going to go back to sort of Jewish tradition, and the temple, the Jewish temple, was inspired from the female body. And the Holy of Holies was, was what was meant as the womb of the woman, because it was a place where the divine, the infinite and the finite met. It was a place where God encountered his people, represented in the high priest. So it was a sacred space, and it was a life-giving place where God and, and mankind met. And, and then we have this, then we brought this into the tradition, Christian tradition when you go through the, all the churches, and they have these canopy or over the over the altar, yeah. right? You let me know when we're going to go. And, that, and it's called the Baldacchino. Right? And it could also goes back to the Jewish chupa, which is sort of this tapestry that covers and protects the marital bed of the new couple, right? where the marriage, where the relationship is consummated through the sexual act. And so there's, again, this whole mystical aspect about in faith, where the altar was the place of this mystical act of God who is in love with his people, and it's life-giving, and he gives life to his people. And so the altar was the place of sort of that, that sexual intimacy of God with his people, right, in a very mystical and sacramental way. People wouldn't in always think of that. Not in an actual way. Because right, you know right, where right. my brain is. <laughs> now, in the mystical ways, I was sort of going on the mystical aspect. And it's, <laughs> people, people wouldn't think of this. But the whole biblical, again, I'm talking about Christian, Judo, Christian tradition. But the whole biblical story is of, of a God who loves his people. His or her people on God on gender neutral. I have a God who loves yeah. his people and who and who wants to possess his people and wants to be possessed by his people. And then we see that through the through the mystical and through liturgical tradition. Which is that is like a really beautiful interpretation of it, which is not the interpretation I was ever given, right? So when when we we had kind of talked about this a little bit um, prior when we were having a conversation, and that uh, to me really opened something for me to go to kind of see it in a new way. So I I have been you know playing with a lot around spirituality and sex, but to actually use that word like uh, it's okay about the timelines and and the breaks. I'll take care of that. <laughs> but um, the the whole uh, idea of, of that you're actually welcomed into this space and this this is a space of something super sacred, right? And acknowledging the sacredness and of it. I think that's uh, something that's lacking a lot right now. When I look at things like, you know, like the tinders and the grinders and all these like 
sites to just get get you your action and get you your action fast. There's something severely lacking. And I've talked about that before. And I have, and guys, I'm not against it. I just don't choose it for me. If it works for you, that's your, um, and that's your method, go for it. Uh, for me in life, I'm actually seeking something a little different. I'm, I'm seeking more of that, like a, a deeper connection. So, and probably in my twenties, I wasn't, and I've, I probably would have been the number one user of Tinder in like, you know, 1997, if it existed, but I'm glad it didn't because I could have been a very different person. So <laughs> grateful that it was not there. We're going to head to our first commercial break. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back with Matthew Brackett. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're having a conversation all about integrating faith and sex. I know you're probably like, what have I walked into? How am I not listening to something about urination fascination or spanking? Or how have I not got the whips and chains out? No, we don't have those out today, guys. They are not out today. We're talking about faith and why it's important, actually, for anybody who's seeking to have a connection in your relationship. And you've heard me talk about Tantra on here, and you've heard me talk about energetics of sex. All of that has to do with faith. Without faith, you can't actually have the energetics of sex, and you can't have energetic orgasms. I hate to tell you that, guys, but you kind of need to have some faith in order to know that you are not solo on this planet and know that you're not operating um, as a solo individual and that there's nothing that is your uh, divine creator. There is definitely 
uh, Zad going on in the planet. So for some of you who are listening and you're like, you just ruined it for me, Melissa. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. But uh, that, uh, I think, you know, even to be able to reconcile that first, if you can, rec- can reconcile that having faith can really be helpful, um, whether, you know, for some people it's not faith even in God, for example, they might just need to have faith in earth or they need to have faith in, but having some faith aside from just you, and it's important to have faith in yourself as well, but having faith outside of you can be helpful so you don't feel alone. And I think a lot of times that loneliness is where we get off track and we end up creating messes in our lives and in our relationships. And then we end up having um, problems, lots of problems from like from a place of either loneliness or loss or anything like that, where we don't feel love from something bigger. So I think that's helpful to, to have that. And if you are struggling with that, guess what? Matthew is actually works with couples. I know that's not in his bio, but he does. And he does really, and I'm just going to put that out there. He does work with couples. So if you're needing to be able to work with somebody who can direct you, that is faith-based, that can direct you to become a better leader in your love, in your life, and in, in general, like contact Matthew. We will be giving out his um, email. Actually, if you want to just give out your website, Matthew, you can let people know how to contact you. Yes, bracketalliance.com. You can find me there. LinkedIn, Matthew Brackett. Also Facebook, Matthew Brackett. Instagram as well. So there we are. And I think TikTok Brackett. today. So that too. You just got on TikTok? That's awesome. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but my social media team is on there. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love it. So you're going to be having some Matthew Brackett all over the place and go find him on your favorite social media spots and follow that and content on all those are generally quite different so it should be interesting to see the various content that can come up Mm -hmm. so when we talk about integrating faith and sex what is what would you say um cross-culturally when you were working as a chaplain what were some of the things that people were because you're going to be working with a lot of different cultural um a lot of different cultures a lot of different beliefs a lot of different stances like what was what were you think some of the biggest challenges you had when people would come to you with anything that had to do with um, sexual issues at the time right is that a really broad question it is but we'll we'll figure it out (laughs) as we go but I wanted to say just you know the fact that we're talking about faith and sex does not mean that we can't talk about kink or any of these other things right I think the point that if we Faith oftentimes is based, what it teaches us is the dignity of the human person, right? So when all of that, whatever fun you want to have in the bedroom, when it happens in a place of dignity and a place of respect for each other, um, go for it, right? <laughs> so, um, well, you heard it here, guys. You can integrate <laughs> your kink with your face. Now, how sexy is that? Yes, you could be wearing a cassock and be spanked at the same time. Now, yeah. that's sexy. I'm just going there for a moment, and that is in my brain. Okay. So this, <laughs> but I think, but the the context is very important. Is that it happened in a place of, at least from a faith perspective, they'll always be the place of dignity and respect. Right? Anytime that that goes out of out of um, whack, when a person feels then objectified, you know, then then we go yeah. into all these other the, the the tragedies and things that happen in in, in sexual relationships. One of the things that I go to your question, one of the things that I 
that I would come across often is that when people were very, their faith was very important to them. And again, they were taught the dance moves without the music. They were very, they felt very restricted. And sex became sort of very, a transaction. And like they, mm. they didn't feel comfortable that they could find pleasure in it and they could help their partner and spouse find pleasure. And again, and that's, that's, so again, it's, it's, it was very, people are just not educated properly around all of this. And so oftentimes you would have, and this sounds terrible, but you would have a lot of women that never orgasm because sort of pleasure. That was, is terrible. It, is. it doesn't just sound terrible. That's, ter that is terrible. It is tragic it's like the f word on this show we don't say you've never had an orgasm some people are in or they do they are anorgasmic and that's another story but to, to never have a partner that can deliver or that you don't feel good about delivering that for your own body right that's because tragic that there was something wrong with that if in other words there was a lot of stress put on that the unitive nature of of sex right and the procreate the unitive and procreative nature of sex and that's, again, those are those are very important elements of that. But there's also, and there's the exclusive element of sex, so not for everyone, but that's generally what a lot of people look for is that exclusivity. And then there's this the pleasurable aspect, and that was uh, that was not really talked about. And so people would end up struggling with, well, am I being unfaithful to my faith and to into what sex is all about? So it became very transactional, and that's. That's that's not life giving. That's not what it's about, right? Sex, sexual intimacy is not only about um, procreation. Okay, from a lot of faith traditions, that would be that's a very important aspect, but it's not only about that, right? And so the whole that's what a lot of people would struggle with, and and then they would so they would sort of have this conflict inside of or if they had a lot of pleasure, or if they found creative ways to do it, and there's something wrong with this, a lot of guilt and shame. Um, and again, religion has not done people any favors by focusing on a lot of guilt and shame and not knowing how to teach the music. Teach people how to dance, but with the beauty of the music, right? the goodness of sexuality, the, the beauty of the body. And now there's a lot of, if we go back centuries, that just, and I'm, again, a lot of it was based on faith, some faith traditions, but somehow the body began to be seen as, as bad, that there's something wrong with it. Um, absolutely and then there's certain... if we go back to roman times they were having orgies right and you were like considered insane if you weren't bisexual so right. i mean it's changed a lot in 2000 years it has. so pleasure was like very much part of life it was a little hedonistic mind you right. um so i think there's like a way that you can integrate your your own personal hedonism with your own faith for sure like you were saying you can if you to me, anything that's consensual, which means that the person has to be of age of consent to be know what they're consenting to, and there's communication and there's curiosity, I, I think your whole world opens up then. Those are like, I have more than three C's, but I'm all about the C's. So <laughs> those are three, I think, that are super important that if you have that in your marriage, it doesn't necessarily matter what your you know, what you're hanging on your wall to represent your face, it, whatever, you know, if you have a picture of Jesus, or if you have a, if you have a picture of the imam, it doesn't really matter who's on your wall. As long as your sex is consensual, as long as you have communication with your partner, 
you have curiosity together, you can have a world of fun. Um, but I don't, like you were saying, that conflict, that inner conflict, that's that other C that's not the fun C, but that conflict that can occur that can throw people off track. And, and then the questioning of, you know, am I, am I a bad person for desiring this? And how do I even broach the subject with my partner? I've, I've worked with couples who are like in their seventies and they don't know how to broach a simple question, even about oral sex. I'm like, do you want me to navigate this conversation with you and mediate it? Because they're so uncomfortable and it is all faith-based for them that they really struggled with that. I was told this was not right. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, okay, so this is your spouse. Mm -hmm. That's the other topic is that a lot of it, a lot of couples or people that I dealt with, they they didn't feel comfortable talking about it. And so they didn't have the necessary conversations with their partner, with their spouse. And so they didn't, again, that, that creates a lot of problems as regards um, being able to talk about things, being curious, trying out new things so that they would become very rigid. Um, or just let things happen without talking about it, right? And then they're like, well, where'd that come from? You know, <laughs> it's a... Why was your finger there? What just happened to me? Yeah. Right, and so that was some of what people would struggle with. And I and I go back to, again to just the beauty of the body, right? And, you know, if we were to talk about theology of the body, right? That the body is a representation. Our faith is, is incarnational, right? At least our Christian faith, right? where, where God becomes human person, right? So bodies there's there's got to be something so good about the body of god became a human being and walked among us right. and then if we then and then not only that but the, in a woman you know the, the mother if we're going to talk about the mother and i'm just from my faith tradition right but mary you know that her womb became a place of encounter between between divine and 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 humankind and in the, the sacredness of that space and a woman and the, the beauty of what well this is so and this message is not communicated in, in my view in a very proper way and there's something so much beauty about it now we're also there's a tension that we're all trying to grow we're all trying to be better we're all trying to love better and that's what the what faith groups try to maintain is again that respect and the dignity of the human person and that it's a consensual and that it's a mutual journey where we grow together and because when things you know, when we don't um, have keep things on track, that that distorted part of our human nature is kind of it can just it can go to extremes and it can it can kind of go off the rails. You know, and if we look at you know just in, in today's society, I think that the, the difficulty with fidelity and marital relationships, the 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 pornography industry, the sex industry, just how big it is. But I think it's it's taken away from again that beauty and and the sacredness of of sexuality where it's almost become a toy and the, i think society our intent intent was well if we make it more of just part of everyone's life then we're all going to be better at it but the reality is that we're not better at it right there's there's much yeah. more sexual problems now there's a lot more sexual assault there's a lot more there's a lot more predatory behaviors in the heart of men so i think when with good intentions i think things were let to, to kind of go out of control and we're left to pick up. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. There was a lot of lack of uh, education. Like, I think that we do have these phenomenally cool bodies that have all these ways to experience pleasure. I mean, God created the clitoris. So I'm thinking there's got to be pleasure, right? Like, why else do we have these magical tools? Uh, 
And God also created the prostate. So yes. So lots and lots of bonus body parts that you just never even realize. What else do we have them for? So when when realizing like we have all these body parts, but we aren't actually given any skill sets, right? Like, yes, you're not given the music. So if you don't know any skills, the communication skill is number one. If you're not given that skill, if you're not given the freedom to explore and have that curiosity, that's a big issue too. So if you've been stifled in any way, that can be a big, big issue. And I think that when we can, when we can kind of bring all of all of our kind of um experiences, I guess. I'm going on a tangent in my brain in three different directions right now. So I'm going to come back to earth. And, and uh, I think what we'll do is go to break and then I'll finish my thought because I just realized I was in six different places at once. So we'll go do that. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. I'm so glad that you guys are joining in this conversation today because why? Because having a little faith added to a little bit of your sex life can probably elevate it in ways you didn't even expect. And why is that? Because you're actually going to have a deeper connection. And who doesn't like it deeper, right? Feeling connected a little deeper, a little, it's all good. We all want a little deeper connection. So having that, how do we gain a deeper connection? through sex and faith like how do we bring and this is going to sound really wacky but I have talked about this like meditating and like you can meditate and actually pre-sex you can meditate with your partner get connected then actually have a very conscious active intimacy with your partner these traditions are super old they go back thousands of years you know people were having conscious sex for a very long time and then somewhere we got less and less and less conscious and even conscious, you know, conscious sex in order to have children was very, um, very common, you know, a thousand or 2000 years ago, people would be really highly connected to the choice to bring in a child. Not everybody was doing that. Of course, there were people who were just, you know, we've always got, we've always got people who are just like doing it for doing it. And that's cool. Um, and then there are people who have practiced for centuries on how to be conscious lovers and how to bring their faith, whatever their faith is, if it's an Eastern tradition or if it's a Western tradition, bringing that into their their lives. I know in the Judeo-Christian tradition, there are lots of people who are uh, maybe Orthodox Jewish, and they won't even touch each other until they get to the hoopah. Right. And they won't even there will be no contact, not even hand holding. And for a lot of people, that like um, that extreme self-control can actually create a lot more intensity for the relationship and curiosity. I think, you know, you develop a relationship to the person before you develop a relationship to their genitals. What a novel idea. I didn't actually do that with my husband. We we knew each other for a while. We kind of knew each other. But then after you know each other for a while, you're like, first date, let's just have a relationship with our genitals because that's how we rock and roll. He won't mind sharing that because I've shared that before. Or maybe he will, who knows? <laughs> but, um, there, I think there are ways to integrate. Um, and, and just out of curiosity, what are some of the ways that you think that people could add, like add their faith into their sex life? Like we're adding their sex life into their faith, but how do we add their faith into their sex life. Well, I think going back to what you were saying about intimacy, about going deeper, having a deeper yeah. and when people connect, the more levels that people connect on in, in a partnership, the more intense that relationship will be. And so faith and spirituality could be one of those levels and that people connect. And when that can, you know, when the, the more the more points of connection and the deeper connection, the more intimacy there is and the deeper that bond will be. And, and then that that sexual intimacy and, and bond is just is what's the word? Um, and the word is escaping me. But anyways, it's magical. We're gonna go with maybe magic or elevated. Yeah, it, it's a whole new level, right? It's a new experience. It's not so um, base base huh. instinct. And people we might... do have base instincts. We are animals, right? But we also yes. have the ability to have faith, which is very cool. So it's another level that people can connect on that can create the deeper intimacy. Again, because sexual intimacy, as let me backtrack, as sexual as sexual beings, 
it's not just about our genitals. It's about we are sexual beings in body and spirit. Okay, at least from certain traditions, that's what they were. There's the unity of the body and spirit. We are sexual beings, and we become united in through our sexuality, through our genitals, that complementarity. In this case, we're talking about male and female. And so that, but when we connect again on those, all those different levels and spirituality and faith being one of them, the relationship can become a lot deeper and the intensity of the sexual intercourse can be so much more profound, mystical and magical. Mystical and magical. So for those of you who are looking at that, if you're watching on video, if you're just listening to audio, um, so Matthew's showing like points of connection, right? Like, so through, you know, you could have your your fingers touching, right? You might have like your pinky fingers touching, but the other, you know, your other fingers and your thumb are not touching. So you've only got one point of connection. And even to connect with somebody with that, that's that's a great starting place, but to add for sure, adding different ways of connecting. And a lot of times, you know, people can connect on safe faith and they can sort of connect on maybe hobbies. They might have some things in common that way. Um, but they might not have the conversation where they can actually connect sexually or intimately, whether it's with intimate conversation or whatever it is their love languages, if they desire to have that expressed, if they can't connect that or express that, then that's lacking. And there can be other things lacking too. So looking at a relationship from a holistic point of view is actually what uh, integrating your faith with sexes is having a holistic approach to your sex life. And again, I'm, I'm all for all sex as long as it's consensual. So if you're not into having like sex that's say deeper and elevated, you like, we like things all elevated and deeper for sure. We're just going to be really clear on that direction. That's always good. And if we have that, then we're going to be able to have a different relationship than if you're just having physical connection. So, and, and uh, sometimes through physical connection, you can develop a spiritual connection. People have actually had like mind blowing experiences where they're like, I saw the lights of, and I saw, I saw like light and like, there's like things happening and like my world opened up and you're like, Hey, cool. You just had, you just had a spiritual experience through sex and people can actually have that. Absolutely. And you can develop, there are methods you can develop in order to have that. It's not something that necessarily happens out of the blue. Um, I suppose it could, miracles are possible. But generally, it's something that you develop, right? It's a skill, just like, surprisingly, sex is a skill. We need to learn it. And mm. I say that because we actually had a feral cat at my mom's who was trying to hump his sister from the side. And if the cats can't even figure it out, my mom's like, what are you doing? You don't even know what you're doing, buddy. It's like, no, buddy didn't know what he was doing. We think these things are instinct, but I think that feral cat is just like one of those great examples of it's not always instinctual. They don't even know where they're putting things. So perhaps we need education too. We think we're smarter, but we're not. We're pretty basic animals with uh, some other additional bonuses that we have ways of expressing ourselves. So, but we're not the only animals who have orgasms. So let's just like be clear on that too. Like there's lots of 
creatures on the planet who have sex for pleasure. We're not the only ones. Right. I don't know. I was going on a tangent with that because sometimes I think about bonobo monkeys and they're all about sex for pleasure, which is kind of cool. Right. So, I mean, when we look at creator created, not just us, but also bonobo monkeys, they get to have pleasurable sex. How fantastic. And so do a whole bunch of other uh, creatures get to have pleasurable sex not mm -hmm. just for procreation so there's something to it i think i think there's it's not just and it was not just created for the whole sake of you need to procreate and you need to make this planet filled with people you can actually enjoy it without having to procreate every time i would mm -hmm. have about five thousand children if that was the case and i'm so grateful i don't <laughs> so phew that would be taxing <laughs> my grandmother had 10 and that was taxing and didn't your mom have many children Matthew she's she yes. was stellar um, at making children I'm the 10th of 13 so yes they were very good at that yes. <laughs> but yes go ahead to your point there's so much that we could talk about but the the importance of this of this intimacy right and connecting on different levels having the conversations about all of these things which can be uncomfortable for people to have, but they're so important because it will lead to a deeper connection. And to really, in the end, what we want is that each person is a gift and that they're giving themselves to each other in the relationship, but also in, in sexual intimacy and in sex, where it's, it's a, each one is giving themselves to each other. Now, let me go back to a Christian tradition, right? When uh, the words that will be symbolized in the Last Supper and then on Jesus on the cross, right, is this is my body given for you. This is my blood given for you. And that's so important. That's why that happens under that baldacchino in a church, under that, that nuptial element at the altar, because that's where God gives his life, is a gift to his people, and where we, in turn, give ourselves back to God. And that's where the whole thing that's called, in some liturg liturgies that are called, is called communion, that's what it's about. It's about God that gives himself to us. And for communion to be communion, it's us who give ourselves to God. And the, and the marital relationship is the same thing. It's it's communion because we are giving ourselves to each other. We're not just taking, but yeah. we're giving ourselves to each other. If you think of the word communion, really, like the Latin, I'm not going to probably get the Latin right, but like you have calm, right, together, to do something mm -hmm. together. And then you have the union, which is maybe not Latin, but you bring that together you it, it's essentially telling you that this is about coming together that's right coming together as a gift for each other and when two when two people do that oh it's so beautiful but when you know that we can take coming together in two different ways there massive you know i mean <laughs> coming together well, and a, coming coming together and going well, when both of those happen it's very beautiful right it's a, that's magical it is magical and mystical Right. All does the way we were designed. But when there's that distorted part, when, when one of us can become a little bit more selfish and then the other feels more objectified, then there can be misunderstanding, there could be hurt, right, and all that. So we just want to make sure that's not happening, that we continue to be a gift for each other. That's why communication around, well, you know, if one side of the partner one, one is not ready for sexual intimacy, well, we also want to be respectful of that. And not to turn someone into just an object of my own pleasure and where they can feel objectified. Um, yeah, and that's really common. I hear that a lot. 
-hmm. And I think there's ways to reconcile that. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We've only got like eight minutes left of the show because time flies when you're talking sex. It does. <laughs> right. You're, everybody, you're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back after this commercial with more of Matthew Brackett. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. In this little segment, we're going to be slow because we don't have a lot of time left, but in this little segment, we're going to be talking about uh the gift like I love that you keep on bringing up that it's like we're gifting to each other gifting bodies and you know what a great gift it is and how do we recognize that in our partners and how do we how do we bring and acknowledge the gift of our partners I have some ideas but I'd love to hear your perspective on how do you recognize your partner as a gift oh you put me on the spot that's a tricky one huh did I put you on the spot? Do you I want me to give you one to start with? Oh, no, let's uh, let's save that because you're gonna you're gonna help me out here. I go back just the importance of of love, right? And if we were gonna say something, what's unique about a human person as regards the animal kingdom is our ability to love, our ability to live as a gift for each other, consciously and intentionally. And and when. When I, when my whole love life is about the pleasure and good of the other, and when that's ho happening mutually, sparks, magic, mystical, right? right? And so loving each other, and, and that's what love is, is love is being a gift for each other. And again, when it's mutual, how beautiful that is. And I want to, a quick, I want to step back for a second. Something that I touched on at the beginning is about the music and the dance, but also about how, how, sex has been taught or the do's and don'ts around religion and it's really it's what i would call sort of a starvation diet and i think the sexual revolution in the 60s was our reaction towards that as is common in, in the way we develop as human beings we sort of have these reactions these swings but it's and so there was sort of like we are on the starvation of diet where we can't do all these things so well, we're just going to do it right and go all out and then we went to this other extreme where a lot of the beauty and sacredness of sexuality and intimacy was lost right where it became more of a toy and a game but then a lot of people were getting hurt in the process because we didn't take into account that sexuality is one of the more the deepest fibers of who we are as human beings and when that is not respected when that's hurt it's very damaging 
So we have sort of these conflicted messages in society. It's like experiment, play with it. It's a toy, right? Do whatever you want. Um, and then we have so much tragic hurt being done. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just the educational piece is very poorly done. And we're sending very conflicted me- messages because the human experience is that sexual intimacy is it's very, it's very, it's very deep. It's very profound. And, and I would say Absolutely. more so, more so for the female. I would say the female is much more, her sexuality is much more complete. I would say, um, than than a male, right? And this that's why a distorted sexual revolution gave sort of free playing field to predatory men to sort of be selfish, and that hasn't served anyone well. Um, it hasn't served men well. It hasn't served women well. So it's about trying to get back to the beauty of of the body, the beauty of sexuality, the beauty of the gift to each other. And and again, just keeping that always in a very, I don't wanna, I just in a very ordered manner, right? Each one in their own way, but to keep it in, a, in an ordered manner, understanding that our humanity sometimes wants to twist things. You know, and there's people go through those chapters in life and that's all well and good. So, but anyways, I, yeah, I think even everybody goes sometimes through their own sexual revolution in some way, and it may be more extreme than others. So, yeah, we have about two minutes left. So I wanted to just throw out the piece on um, how do you how do you recognize some, you know, the gift that your partner is? I'm going to leave you guys with a little uh, idea or two on that, and then I'll let you jump in, Matthew. I think one of the things is be grateful for your partner, mm. even if it sounds random and silly, like. I will randomly say to Mike, if we're going to get, I mean, I've said this on the show before, this isn't news, but it's like, thank you for letting me give you a blowjob, honey. Like, I appreciate that. And he's like, all right. So, I mean, you can bring, you can bring, you know, bring it up in ways that seem, it might seem strange, but it's acknowledging that your partner is a gift and that them being willing to have those times of intimacy with you are also a gift. And to me, the more you can say, you know, show your gratitude to your lover, the more willing that they're going to be to be with you. Because how mm-hmm. lovely is it when somebody's actually grateful for you? It's great. So well said. Validation, affirmation, gratitude. And sometimes when couples are in a long-term relationship, they forget how important that is. They're like, oh, I totally. told that a few years ago. Well, let's. We have people, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be acknowledged, we want to be recognized, we want to continue to be built up. Give that to your spouse and to your partner. We are being kicked off, Matthew. We have three seconds left, I think. Thank you so much for coming. Thank on. you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.